Job was blessed. I think if we all looked at our lives, we could say we're blessed. But look, Job, he had 10 children. You know, having children, uh, his family was cohesive. They were eating meals together. We know this story. Uh, there's, there would be people who would be willing to chop off their arm to have family unity. And his family was cohesive. It doesn't say his family was wicked. He had great substance. He didn't have to worry about whether he was going to eat the very next day. A lot of Baptists don't have that issue either. You know, God's, God's been good to us. He had, he had a house. He had a roof over his head. He had clothes on his back. Job was blessed. I think about my personal life, what I have, my salvation, my deliverance from sin. I have a car that works, a family that loves me, a fiancé that loves me, a church family that loves me, a job, good health, a living standard that only a portion of the world could dream of, and my freedom from this country. In this country, I have the right to worship the God, the true God. I'm not forced or beheaded because I choose to worship Jesus. I look at my life and I see all those blessings. Job here was blessed. If we look in our personal lives, we would see that, though sometimes it's not the picture or the ideal that we wish we had, we're blessed. There's power in that song, count your many blessings, name them one by one. The moment you start doing that, you can't help. You'll get to about 10, and then you'll be like, oh, man, I have a lot more. I tried today in my office. There's, it's, an, it's, it's an unexhaustive list of what we can be appreciative to God about. The first way we know that Job was blessed was that he had food and raiment. Uh, it says in 1 Timothy 6, 8, And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. There's a lot of people in this world that don't get a meal every single day. There's a lot of people, you know, you go to the homeless population and they're always missing one exclusive piece of clothing. The one exclusive piece of clothing that they're all looking for most of the time. And you would never guess it. It's socks. Not everyone has the clothing to cover their bodies. Your feet, you know what? My feet get cold, and then my whole body gets cold. My feet get warm, my whole body gets warm, you know? But I have those things. Job had those things. Job was blessed. The Bible says, it said it right there. If you have food and you have raiment, Paul says, let us therewith be content. You know what? I have those things, and sometimes when things don't go my way in the day, I am not content. The Bible says I should be content if I have those things. That's a sign of being blessed. Also, we see that he had a lot of other good gifts. The Bible says in uh, James uh, 1.17, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of light with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. You know, I listed a lot of things in my life. Only one of them was a promise from God that he had to deliver, my salvation. He promised if we call upon his name that he would give us salvation. The rest of those, that was just overpouring the cup. He didn't promise to have a family that loves you. There's a lot of people that are, there's a lot of good people, a lot of people that believe in Jesus and their family doesn't love them. There's a lot of God's people that don't have a car. 
or the living standard or the health. When we think in our lives, not only do we have the necessities needed to survive and therewith to be content, we have a lot of good gifts from our Father. We're blessed. And sometimes it would do us good to think on these things of how much God has poured on us. Now, that being my first point, that doesn't take away from the pain of the second point. We're blessed, but we also get bashed. We get bashed. Pastor covered this, so I'll try to go through it pretty quickly. I'm not going to read the verses, but we see in Job chapter 1, 13 through 19, that Satan systematically goes after Job, goes after his possessions, goes after his family. And it's like one by one, like second after second. I mean, that would be exhausting. We hear one bit of bad news in the day and we're done. We're tired. I couldn't imagine hearing all this in quick succession. Losing his great wealth. I remember I was, uh, I was on a trading app called Robinhood. Uh, Pastor Weems has it. And he told me to put money into something and I lost a dollar and I, the world was coming down. You know, I could never be a gambler. I, I really could not. Losing my first dollar, I'd quit it. But uh, he lost thousands of animals. That was, that was their wealth. He lost, and I bet you he could barely care about that when he heard that he lost his children. Bad things happened to a good person. I think about what's happened in our area recently, that tornado. Where I come from in Oklahoma, tornadoes are a part of life. It's, it's a bad thing that happens to good people. It doesn't, even though you're blessed, it doesn't take away from the pain when the tornado comes through. I think of the deadly shootings. I think of what happened in Nashville, our state capital. Am I right about that? Thank you. Okay, good. I should have done more research. But, uh, you know, I watched our government response to what happened to those kids and those teachers. And it, it just disgusted me that they didn't have any sympathy for those parents who lost their children or to those families of those teachers. The evil, the bad things that happen in this world. And we hear about shootings like that day after day after day. I mean, I think of what happened, was it Easter morning or Monday about in Louis, or Kentucky? Easter. Bad things happen. The fall of our country, I look at the values. You know what, I talk to my parents, you know, my dad being in the military, he served our country. There's a lot of people that serve our country. Our country is built on biblical principles. It was a grand country. And I watch how people are systematically attacking those values and bringing it lower and lower and lower. Where the divorce rate is 50-50. I mean, imagine the hopelessness to a couple when you tell them, in the world at least, that their marriage success rate is a flip of the coin, whether it will succeed or not. We look at personal loss in people's lives, loss of loved ones, loss of possessions. Good people get bashed. We see that because in this world there's sin. There's a curse of sin. It said in Genesis uh, 3.17, 
And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Sin was introduced into this world. You know, I, I talk with people, and people get really mad at politicians. People get really mad at the people running, and I get it, they have power. But if they don't know Jesus, they're not ever going to do the right thing. They're never going to live a godly principle. They're under sin. You can't expect unsaved people to do the Jesus thing. They don't wear the WWJD bracelet. They don't read their Bible every day. We look at, uh, we walk into the church building. Sometimes Christians who do read the Bible, they do the wrong thing. We live, we live in bodies of sin. We might be clean, we might be positionally righteous before Christ, but that doesn't change the fact that as long as we are in the earth, there's sin. Bad things will continue to happen until Jesus Christ throws the devil and his minions into the pit forever. It's because of sin, bad things happen. Christians are bashed. Good people are bashed. And then I look nextly at the devil, because the devil's running rampant. It wasn't God who specifically smote Job. It wasn't God's uh, causation of what happened there. It was the devil. The devil hates us. I'm trying to teach this to the teenagers, and sometimes in their mind, he's more of a fairy tale figure. But he's real and he's out there. And he's trying to devour them. He's trying to devour us. Pastor made the statement, I, I don't think that, or he believed that the devil wanted to kill Job. I believe the devil would like to kill all the Christians he possibly could. He had a good job uh, in the early church doing it. The devil was out there trying to destroy us. Him and his minions. He has an, I believe he has enough. He has a system to oversee the world, to attack us. When our church, when our church is faithfully giving to missions, to outreaching in our community, we become target number one on his list. When we're doing exactly what Christ commanded us to do, we put a target on our back. Job was doing exactly what he was supposed to do. And he had a target on his back. He was a righteous man. And you know what? Sometimes people want to shy away from that target. But as Christians... Our job is so vital. We're teaching people how they can have eternal life, how they can have a relationship with Jesus. So, I mean, a bit of a radical point. We should want that target on our back, in a sense. Not because we want to be attacked, but because we want to be doing the right thing. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5.8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. I can't think of a better verse. I mean, when Jesus or when God asked the devil, what is he doing in the book of Job? He's going to and fro. He's looking. He's roaming. We're supposed to be sober. We're supposed to be vigilant. We we're supposed to be watching out because he's ready to strike. He's ready to inflict pain whenever he can. Good people are bashed by a sinful world and by an evil devil. That leads me to point number three, my most hopeful point. 
How, how do we handle this cycle in life of knowing the blessings of God, but also knowing the pain of getting bashed by the sin in the world? How do we overcome this? I believe we do what Job did. He was content in the Lord. It says in Job 20, Job 20, or 1 verse 20, Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground. And this is not what I would expect to see if this happened to me. This is not what I would be doing. And worshiped. And said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's a strong statement for someone who's just gone through everything he's gone through. You notice uh, when he says the Lord gave, he's looking towards the past. He knew what the Lord had given him in the past. The Lord had given him all that livestock. The Lord had given him those children. The Lord had given him all that he held dear. And he understood that. He was looking at on the past. He was content because of what God did in the past. Take your Bibles real quick. Turn to Psalms 124. Psalm 124. And this is an easy verse to memorize, and this is a powerful verse in verse 1. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say. You know what? You know, I know you're not supposed to ever change any words in the Bible. That's like in the Bible. But when I was reading this verse today when I was studying... I kind of put my name in there. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Jacob say. Now may First Baptist Church of Atoka say. What would, what would be of us if the Lord had not helped us, had not prospered us? Where would we be? That's a stark image to think about. Here in this psalm, and I'm going to read it all, Israel would have been destroyed in an instant. I've, I've read through the Old Testament. They were not the smartest of people. They often fought. They bickered. The Lord would do something right in front of their eyes, and then the next day, they're turning away from him. If it had not been for the Lord who is on our side. It says, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men arose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us, the stream had gone up over our soul. Then the proud waters that gone over our soul, blessed be the Lord who hath not given us as prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. And the snare is broken, and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. If it had not been the Lord who is on our side, when all those bad things come in our lives, and I can think of a few that's happened in our church recently, we have the power, we have the right to say, look what the Lord has done in the past. 
to help uplift our hearts, to help comfort us. That doesn't take all the pain away, but it brings comfort. Knowing that the Lord has worked with us in the past. He's prospered us. Look where the Lord has brought us at this moment. His protection he's given us, the blessings he's given us. If it had not been for the Lord, who is on our side. I told you at the very beginning of this message, this world is so terrifying, it is scary, without God. Without God. But the Lord is on our side. We don't have to think about without him. We can be content in what he has done in the past. Next, we can be content in who he is. We can be content in who he is. Not only has he worked in the past in our lives, but he will continue the work because that is who he is. I can think in my life, coming out of college, being scared, taking a position that I believe the Lord led me to, and it did not go the way I thought it would. I had built up an entire plan. I am a planner. That's why I don't understand God bringing me here. To, uh, and I work really close with Pastor Taylor. Pastor Taylor is not always a planner. Sometimes he's, uh, let's figure it out. And uh, that burdens my soul. But uh, I, ha- I had a plan. And you know what? I'm going to say this. I mean, I might not be a good person, but Bad things happen to me. Bad things happen to me. And I had to be content on what God had done before in my life and trust that he's still the same God and that he is still good. God used that to bring me back to my home to help me meet my fiancé. You know, I I love that verse in Ecclesiastes 3.11. He hath made all things good in his time. We have to be content in who God is. You turn to me, the last passage you got to turn to, Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4. And if you are ever downtrodden in heart, Philippians chapter 4, and the whole book of Philippians is just a great book to comfort you. The whole book is on joy through unity, joy through unity. Philippians chapter 4, and verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. If you want to have the peace of God, you have to meditate on who God is. There is no evil, there is no sorrow, there is no pain in the person of God. The peace that passeth all understanding. When bad things happen to people that don't know God, they don't know how to get over it. Like I said at the beginning, they have to cover it. 
But we can look past it and know that there will be a time when it will hurt no more. When bad things happen to good people, we have to be content in what God's done in our past and be content in who God is. Because there will be a day when he'll wipe all those tears away. When pain will be no more. God is a good God. I tell this to the teenagers all the time. God is a good God. God knows everything from the beginning to the ending. And if he's a good God and he knows everything from the beginning of the ending, don't you think he knew that would happen? If he promises that he's a good God, he's a benevolent God, he knows all things, or he works all things for good to them that love him, to conform them to his image, that means he's not going to waste it. You know, you have to go through these logical progressions with the teenagers. But sometimes it's good for us to go through them too. God does not waste our pain. Bad things happen to good people for us to grow into Christ's image, for us to become more like him. There will never be an injustice overcome us more than what happened to Jesus Christ on the cross. He deserved none of that. We deserve everything that happens to us. And worse. What Job did was not lift him out, himself up and off the ground and say, God, why have you done this to me in this moment? In this moment, he was on the ground worshiping. Being content and what God had done for him, and content in who God was. You know what? No one from a human perspective would blame somebody from getting into that mindset. When the world bashes you, when the Satan bashes you, it hurts. It's hard to overcome. But with God, it's possible. God does not waste our past or current pain. He uses it for his glory. The cycle of life, we are blessed, we are bashed. It happens to everyone, but how you operate afterwards is our decision. We ought to find peace, contentedness, joy in the Lord and what he's done and who he is. This doesn't mean that that pain stops hurting. It'd be foolish for someone to come up and say, oh, just meditate in Christ and all that pain will go away. There have been a lot of people who have said that, but that it still hurts. But God will comfort us. There will be a day when he extinguishes all of that from this very existence. Revelations 21.4 And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Talk about a comforting verse. But until then, we have to be content in what he's done and who he is. And that's how good people get through bad trials do bad things. I'll pray and we'll be dismissed. Lord, I thank you for this day, for allowing us to see the example of Job, Lord, and uh, how he got through some of his trials, Lord. And we know he struggled with that pain, Lord. And I know that we struggle with pain, and you know the pain that we struggle with. And you know the sorrow that we bear on our souls, Lord. I just pray that 
you would be with us as a church, that you would comfort us, that you would give us this peace that passeth all understanding, Lord. I pray that you'd help us to be content in what you've done in our past, and I pray that you'd help us to be content in who you are. I thank you, Lord, for being our God, and I pray that you'd bless us tonight in your name. Amen. Amen.